0: Welcome back to the Oscar Project Podcast, the show where I discuss Oscar-nominated films year by year. I am your host, Jonathan Etreberg, and today I am covering the 1928 film, The Circus. I'm actually cheating a little bit with this one, since the Academy doesn't officially recognize it as an Oscar nominee, even though it was originally nominated at the time of the first Academy Awards. As I mentioned in my first episode, about the history of the Academy Awards and the first awards ceremony, Charlie Chaplin received a special award from the Academy for his work on The Circus, a film he wrote, directed, starred in, and produced. But before I get ahead of myself, let's go over the important details about the film. The title is The Circus, and it was released on January 6, 1928 at the Strand Theater in New York City, and then on January 27, 1928 at Grauman's Chinese Theater in Los Angeles. Again, it was written, directed, and produced by Charlie Chaplin, and stars Charlie Chaplin as a tramp, Al Ernest Garcia as the circus ringmaster, Myrna Kennedy as the ringmaster's daughter and stunt horse rider, and Harry Crocker as Rex, the tightrope walker. The story centers around Chaplin's famous tramp character as he finds his way into a circus sideshow, gets accused of stealing a man's wallet and pocket watch, and ultimately ends up being the star of the circus while it's in town. As a film that is nearly hundred years old, I was surprised at how well Charlie Chaplin's humor held up. There were actually several times I laughed out loud at his antics, despite how over the top they were. So before I go any further, I want to give a brief history of Chaplin himself. Now, Charles Spencer Chaplin was born on April 16th, 1889. And while there is no official record of his birth, he is believed to have been born at East Street in the Walworth district of London. His parents, Hannah and Charles Sr., were both performers themselves, and they became estranged around 1891, forcing Charlie to spend much of his early life with his mother and older brother, Sidney, with whom he also spent time in various workhouses and schools for paupers in London. When their mother was committed to an asylum, they lived for a time with Charlie's father before his eventual death in 1901. Chaplin was a performer from a very early age, appearing in a stage version of Sherlock Holmes at the age of 14, and moving on to vaudeville acts following some early success on the stage. During a tour through America in 1913, Chaplin was invited to join the New York Motion Picture Company, and then he signed a contract with Keystone Studio and began work in January of 1914, appearing in his first film called Making a Living, which was released in February of that year. The next two films marked the beginning of his tramp character. Filmed around the same time, the first film released was Kid Auto Races at Venice, followed a few days later by Mabel's Strong Predicament. While making many of these early films, he would make recommendations to the director, which eventually led to the chance to direct a film himself. After early success as a director, Chaplin would continue to direct and star in a number of short films often produced at the rate of one film per week. Chaplin continued to move through a number of different studios, but the public's obsession with his character continued to grow, as did the amount of money studios were willing to pay him for his services. From his first contract of $150 per week, he eventually upgraded to $670,000 in annual salary, which would be worth about $15.4 million in today's money. It was an enormous sum at the time, but when you're in demand, you can set your own price. The Tramp character itself became part of the lexicon, not just in America, but around the world as the First World War raged on in the late teens. In 1919, Chaplin joined forces with Douglas Fairbanks, Mary Pickford, and D.W. Griffith to create a new distribution company called United Artists, which would allow them to fund their own pictures and have complete control of the creative process. By the late 1920s, Chaplin had been married and divorced twice, with two children from his second marriage. This second marriage was breaking up around the time he was making the circus, and caused some delay in the production of the film. Later in life, he was suspected of being a communist in the 1950s, and went into self-exile in Switzerland, continuing to make films well into his later years. By the early 1970s, the mood toward Chaplin had cooled, and the Academy invited him to receive another special award. In 1972. Queen Elizabeth II granted him a knighthood in 1975, just two years before his death in 1977 at the age of 88. He was buried in corsier sur vevey cemetery in Switzerland, and all told, Chaplin appeared in over 80 films between 1914 and 1967, with many other unfinished or unreleased films as well. So back to the film itself. The film tells the story of Chaplin's tramp character as he wanders along the sideshows connected to the circus that is in town. He is mistaken for a lowly pickpocket after the true thief deposits a recently stolen wallet and watch into the tramp's jacket. The chase that ensues is some of the first and perhaps best action we get in the film, including one shot of the tramp and the thief running side by side down a street. I have to pause and appreciate this shot for being made from the back of a moving vehicle in a time where I don't think there really existed such huge technical rigs that we have for movies today. Another part of this chase sees the Tramp in a hall of mirrors, first with the thief, then with one of his police pursuers. Another excellent and very clever piece of filmmaking here, and I always personally marvel at scenes in films that have mirrors in them, especially lots of mirrors. You know, It has to be very difficult to hide everything that goes into making a film, including cameras, lighting equipment, Uh, sound equipment nowadays. um, Hiding all of that without having it be reflected and appear in the reflections in the mirrors in the shot is very difficult. So these two short scenes with the mirrors in the circus, they're so well done. I even had trouble picking out which version of the characters were the real ones just as much as the characters themselves did in those scenes. Ultimately, the chase leads the tramp into the circus tent where he disrupts the act of an illusionist, much to the delight of the audience. It appears as though the Tramp is the funniest thing they've seen all day. And while initially upset at the intrusion, the Ringmaster quickly realizes that the Tramp is his chance to reinvigorate the circus and decides to offer him a job. It doesn't quite work out his plan though, because the Tramp can only be funny when he's not trying to be. The Ringmaster has him work with the Clown Troupe, and Chaplin disrupts their established vaudevillian routines to hilarious effect. Through all of this, the tramp begins to fall in love with Myrna, the ringmaster's daughter, who also performs in the show riding horses and doing trapeze stunts. He even purchases a ring from one of the clowns for five dollars, but his plans are thwarted with the arrival of the tightrope walker, Rex. Rex is dashing and handsome, seeming to be everything that the bumbling tramp is not. When Rex cannot be found for one of the performances, however, the tramp offers to perform in his place in an attempt to impress Myrna. Despite a number of mishaps, he survives the wire act, but is fired by the ringmaster after fighting with him to protect Myrna. She follows the tramp away from the circus, but he ultimately finds Rex and reunites the true lovers before all three return to the circus. The ringmaster is angry until he finds out that Rex and Myrna have married. The circus packs up to leave town, with the tramp staying behind. He sits for a moment in an open field with a ring of burned grass, the only remains of the circus, before standing up and walking off into the sunset, just as he started alone. So that's a summary of the film. I do want want to move on to talking a little bit about making of the film. This is very interesting because it took nearly two years to make, and there's a lot of different reasons that go into this, Um, some of them uh, physical, some of them personal to uh, Chaplin himself. The first mishap that occurred during the making of the film was the circus tent where much of the film's action take place was actually destroyed um, due to a violent storm during their production so it had to be entirely rebuilt. Uh, In addition to that, a large portion of the film's negative was uh, somehow mishandled or damaged and deemed unusable, requiring large portions to be reshot including the scene of Chaplin up on the high wire. Along with the destruction of the circus tent, a fire inside his studio also destroyed many of the other sets used for the film. Any one of these things, um, let alone three combined, may have caused some delays in the production of the film. But what, where the real kicker came in was in Chaplin's personal life. As I mentioned earlier, his second marriage uh, to his wife, Lita Gray, was breaking down at this, at this time. And uh, the ensuing divorce proceedings put a stop to the film's production as well. Chaplin shut down the filming for around eight months during which time he suffered a nervous breakdown. Um, and also the lawyers for uh, for his wife, Lita Gray, even tried to seize some of the studio's assets during the legal battle, resulting in Chaplin having to smuggle pieces of the film away so he could continue to work on it. So another famous scene in the film uh, comes when the tramp is trapped inside of a cage with a live lion. He's running away. I can't remember exactly what he's running away from at the moment in that scene, but he, uh, he runs into the cage Uh, shuts the door behind him and, of course, the door locks from the outside, trapping him inside with the lion. Um, So Chaplin, I've read that Chaplin actually filmed this scene with himself physically inside the cage with the lion, oftentimes just being a few inches, uh, or even less, from the lion itself. I also mentioned the tightrope sequence earlier. Um, While Chaplin begins the scene with a safety wire attached, uh, he's kind of tied around his waist, Unfortunately, it quickly snaps and leaves him to his own devices at the top of the circus tent. And Chaplin doesn't stop there. This was kind of the, the impetus for his creation of this movie, was a vision that he had for this scene. But he doesn't stop with just uh, being up on the, the high wire with no, uh, no safety cable attached to him. He piles on the difficulty. His pants fall down, uh, kind of dangling around his, his ankles, making it difficult for him to walk. And then he's swarmed by a bunch of uh, monkeys that have escaped from, uh, from their own cage um, as he tries not to, to plunge to his death. Uh, moving forward a little bit, the film was actually re-released in uh, the late 1960s with an updated musical score uh, composed by Chaplin himself. Um, he also sings the song, Swing Little Girl, that appears over the opening titles of this version of the film.
1: Little girl, swing high to the sky And don't ever look at the ground If you're looking for rainbows, look up to the sky You'll never find rainbows
0: if you're looking down Ultimately, the delays in the production of the film led to a delayed release, putting it in theaters just three months after the debut of The Jazz Singer, which we'll talk about in just a few episodes. At the time, the film was reviewed fairly favorably, uh, with the main criticism coming by way of comparisons to Chaplin's previous films, The Gold Rush and The Kid. One New York Times review in particular praised the picture and stated that those who found something lacking in The Gold Rush would be pleased with the circus. But at the same time, those that loved the previous film might find something lacking in this one. I do also want to get into some critique of the films as I go through this process. Um, some looking for uh, scholarly articles, journal articles, things like that beyond just straight-up reviews of the film. And I couldn't find a ton of written critique about the circus, but I did come across one fantastic article written by a gentleman by the name of David Bordwell was published in the journal Film Comment in 1970, uh, discussing the re-release that I mentioned just a moment ago with the new soundtrack. Now, Bordwell explores the circular nature of the film as it goes from the tramp's misfortune to fortune and back again. That circularity really aligns with the the circular images on the screen itself, from the ring of the circus to Myrna's hoop that she uses in her uh, act, and even the ring that the tramp buys as a token of his love for her. And In all of this, Chaplin is is really the star, the star at the center of all of this, and the film itself opens with an image of a star inside a circular spotlight, the star in the center of the ring. That image keeps coming back as the tramp is thrust into the ring, forced out again, and back in once again. It seems to be an unstable position, perhaps some commentary on Chaplin's part that he understands how fleeting his own success could be. Bordwell states, quote, Since Charlie's depths are greater, we do not regret his leaving a world of such smooth, deceptive surfaces. We know he will survive. When, in the final shots, Charlie wads up the tattered hoop, flips it over his shoulder, and gives it his jaunty back kick, he simultaneously bids farewell to Myrna, his circus career, and the world of illusion." I highly recommend reading Bordwell's article, and we'll make sure to link to it in the show notes, along with any other resources I've discovered in my research. And with that, I'd like to jump to my own particular thoughts, uh, my review, if you will, of the film. And most of what I've talked about so far centers around kind of the background of the film, feelings of the critics at the time and intervening years. Um, But I wanted to give a little bit of my own thoughts as well as we wrap up this discussion. Everyone who's ever paid attention to film history probably knows the name Charlie Chaplin. Personally, I've, I've always associated him with silent films, as I'm sure many do since he's really best known for his work during that era. That said, I came to the circus with very little in terms of preconceptions other than knowing him as a star of silent film. And to be honest, I was not disappointed by this film in the least. The film made me laugh out loud in several places and the ending of the story really pulled at my heartstrings. So it was a really nice balance of, of humor and drama and, and it, it was a great film altogether. And of course, Chaplin is the star of the show. He also did well in the role of director, getting some good performances out of his supporting cast. And despite all of the professional and personal tragedies that threatened to derail the production of this film, I really think that Chaplin's The Circus is a fantastic film and worthy of its place in cinema history. And with that, I'm going to jump over to a uh, quick interview that I did with a very special guest who wanted to be on the show to talk about The Circus. Um, So without further ado, here is that segment. Next up is my very first special guest on the podcast. This guy asked if he could watch the film with me when I first checked it out a few weeks back, and he has been begging me to join the podcast to talk about it. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome my very own son, Joshua, to the show. All right, I'm so glad you're here talking to me. So I just want to start out with your initial impressions of the circus. What did you think about it when you first saw it?
1: Um, I thought it was a great movie. It's the first silent movie I've ever seen.
0: Okay, first silent movies. Um, so what, what kind of movie do you typically like to watch? Uh,
1: when... Star Wars, Marvel.
0: Star Wars movies, Marvel movies.
1: Yeah, but I think I, I think I'd add um, silent movies to my list.
0: Okay, so you do like silent movies.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So th- this one was obviously different from the stuff you normally watch. There's no, no explosions, no superheroes, no Jedi, none of that stuff, right? <laughs> no. But you still liked it.
1: Yeah, it was cool. Very cool. See how people watch movies back then.
0: Yeah, almost 100 years ago too.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, so what was what would you say is your favorite part of the circus when you watched it?
1: Uh, my favorite part is when he was getting chased by the horse.
0: Chased by the horse? Okay. And that was funny. <laughs> what, the, what ha- do you remember what happened at the end of that when he got chased into a certain spot?
1: It was a lion. The
0: lion, yeah. And what happened when he got... What happened with the lion?
1: Um, like, the lion was sleeping, and like, and a few minutes later in the movie, uh, the lion woke up.
0: And he was still in there, right? Right. Yeah. And the
1: door was locked.
0: Yeah, locked from the outside. But yeah. It-
1: but there there's a door on, on on the wall, and like he went in there to find a sleeping tiger. So
0: which no, is a little more dangerous. yeah, no better than the lion, of course.
1: No, Even worse. Uh,
0: do you remember what? There was one other type of animal that they used. It was towards the end when he was up on the tightrope. Do you remember what other animals there uh, were? Oh, the monkeys. The monkeys. What were they doing?
1: They they were trying to make him fall.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're climbing all over him, right? Evil
1: monkeys.
0: Yeah, they were kind of evil monkeys. I don't think they're really trying, but they they were kind of mean. And then I remember you saying something at the end of the movie. You had a very specific emotional reaction about the end of the movie. What did you say about the end?
1: It was so sad.
0: Why was it sad?
1: Mm-hmm. He loved her, he let her go.
0: He loved the girl, he let her go.
1: Yeah.
0: And what what happened to him like mm-hmm. at the very end what was he doing?
1: He walked away.
0: He was walking away, so he with was a
1: su- with a suitcase and a crate.
0: That's right. That's right. So he started off all alone, and he ended up all alone mm. at the very end. I want to thank you for joining the show today. Any final thoughts about the circus before we wrap up?
1: Yes. My my only thought was, where was he walking at the very end?
0: Mm, that is a good question. Where do you think he was walking at the end?
1: Um, I think he was walking to heaven. <laughs> walking to
0: heaven? Okay.
1: Yeah, he, he hasn't eaten uh. at all in the movie.
0: We'll see. Well, maybe... Maybe we'll find out someday, um, but that's uh, that's really cool. Well, thanks for joining the show, and uh, we'll hope to hopefully have you back on another time in the future.
1: Yeah, mm, I like this.
0: Welcome back, everybody, and thanks to Joshua for joining us for that. Um, I know he had a really fun time watching this movie. He really enjoyed it, um, so I'm glad that he got to come on here and, uh, and give a few of his thoughts um, as part of the podcast. So thanks to Joshua for joining us today. So I said I'm going to have all of the resources and, and articles and things that I found linked to from the show notes page for this episode, but I did want to just run through some of the things that I've been researching and, and looking into. In addition, in addition to a number of books that I found um, at my local library and, and local university libraries, um, obviously Wikipedia has been a, a great resource, giving some summaries of the films and giving lots of the kind of the technical details about the films themselves Another website that I found very helpful, at least for this first uh, season of the show, is called silentera.com. It has, again, a lot of that technical information, some additional background information about a lot of these films that we'll be discussing specifically in this season. For this film in particular, um, I did also reference the Charlie Chaplin website. They have uh, a few different articles on specific aspects of the circus, including some making of information that helped me out, Um, as well as a plot synopsis, things like that. I did also find some more uh, contemporary reviews and uh, analysis of the film. Uh, One from a site called Little White Lies. Uh, There's an article there, Charlie Chaplin, The Circus, Comic Triumph. Um, And then another uh, commentary uh, from a website called silencergolden.com. And then last, of course, the David Bordwell article that I mentioned earlier. Uh, It's a fantastic read. If you do check out the film, I urge you to watch the film first um, and then check out the article. Uh, It's just a a short two-page article uh, from the journal, so it doesn't take too long to read. But it really gives some some interesting insight into kind of what the film is really all about. So I think that's going to wrap it up for today. I hope you've enjoyed this first uh, kind of deeper dive analysis into one of our films for this season. Please check out the website, oscarproject.com or find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Oscar Project. You can also there join the discussion group about movies. Um, It's part of the Oscar Project discussion group on Facebook. And be sure to come back for the next episode of The Oscar Project, where we will be discussing the film Chang, A Drama of the Wilderness. Thanks for listening, and I will see you at the movies.